up with a prayer for today. Sabbath prayer. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Elohim, thank you for this special day, this Shabbat, this day to rest with you and your son, Yahushua. It's a privilege and a joy to be called into your presence, to have an opportunity to glorify and to honor you. Your children of Bet Yeshurun appreciate that you are mindful of us and of your covenant promise to confirm with our patriarchs. Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. We are a people so much like those that Apostle Paul wrote about in his letter to the Romans. Living here in America, we're blessed that you are mindful of us as a special people, set apart for your purpose. So we put away the filth and evil excess of the times we live in to, to spend time with Yah and humbly come to hear the, the word, Yahushua, who is saving us. Thus, those of us who gather in this sanctuary or, or join with us on the internet present ourselves as a living sacrifice to Elohim. May our praise and worship and our testimonies of your great mercy and love be pleasing unto you, Abba, Father, as we strive to become more acceptable in your eyes in accordance to your will. We also thank you for our pastor, Obadiah, and appreciate the enthusiasm you instill in him to study your word to share your revelations from that word. May we heed your voice through him, and may your voice soften our hearts and unstiffen our necks in following your righteous way and holy truth. Thus, in the name of our beloved Redeemer and King, Yahushua HaMashiach, we lift this prayer on high for a blessing upon your covenant people of Bet Yeshurun. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to say a short personal prayer as well before getting started. Heavenly Abba, Yahweh Elohim, created the heavens and the earth to you, and you only have to direct my prayers um, this day. Uh, Father, I just uh, pray that you send your royal cockroach my way, even at this very moment. Send them within me to abide as I stride to lead and guide your flock into the green pastures of your word. Cause them to bring to memory all the things I've heard during my study time with you and filter my lips that nothing escapes and accept that which is good and true. Therefore, from the lesson today, Father, I do pray that you allow your flock to feed freely. Not that they might be impressed with me, but that they may be blessed by thee. Only pray that you utilize me to illuminate the darkness with your words. Light that it displaces any fright and that it strengthens their hands that they might fight to enter into thy kingdom. Therefore, for me this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your light to shine extra bright again. Not that they might see me, but that they may find you, the one in whom all glory and honor is due. Yahoo, my Ella King, I pray that you accept from me this day my offering in Yahushua's name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. All right, we're continuing on with our discipleship training. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, as always, we're going to start off by jumping into the world of Scripture. Um, and to remind you of that, we have a poem. It says, Welcome to my world, a place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told mm -hmm. from the beginning, when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. 
Here swore us a liking to the word, the demons of bird, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead, blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place than the Yasin world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. The Rock Aquadesh is about to begin teaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. You know, so um, I don't know, rubber boots may still be in in order this um, <laughs> this week, you know. We like the rubber boots. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Uh, so we're still talking about going from Yaakov to Israel. And of course, um, been doing this to show the way of Yahuwah. You know, it begins with uh, with Abraham, you know, and then led to Yisak, Abraham, you know, into um, Yisak and now to Yaakov. And we're just, you know, showing the way of Yahuwah, the things that we all must go through if we are to get the high prize at the end. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, and so last week we left off, we was talking about Yaakov. Um, we was talk, uh, talking about Yaakov uh, before we aforementioned that Yaakov spoke to understanding what his brother Esau spoke to the will. You know, we talking about Yaakov's children. You know, he started giving birth, um, you know, in our story last week when we spoke of the um, sons representing truth that come out of good and, and the daughters as good that come out of truth. You know, and so we know Yaakov went on to have a large family. You know, and these sons and daughters actually represents like the different uh, attributes and things that are aspects of you that that you go through life and you acquire and, and you just develop into whoever you you're going to become. You know, there's going to be certain truths that's just going to you know take a life of their own in your in, within your personal life. You know, um, and these can be likened unto you know Yaakov's children. You know, which all all is a part of him, you know, in our actuality, you know, and likewise with ourselves, as we venture off into the world, you know, we're going to uh, encounter, you know, there's going to be many truths that we're going to encounter that we're going to adapt to our lives and, and things are going to be born out of those truths, you know, and you know, those are going to be likened unto Yaakov's children, if you would, you know, and so uh, last week, he started giving birth. Now he has this big family, you know. And then next we come to Genesis 31 where Yaakov actually leaves Laban. You know, Laban hasn't, you know, Phil Laban has been treating him right, you know. And, you know, so he decides to leave Laban secretly. You know, Laban actually, you know, catches up with him. You know, and asked him why he do that. And Yaakov, you know, very frankly told him, you know, and they end up making a covenant, you know. Uh, and so Laban, we, we know, represents uh, righteousness. And so here it is. You see a picture of Yaakov or one with understanding leaving that righteousness that Laban represents. And this this is just simply a picture of 
the oral Torah, if you would, you know, and how one would have to, um, one with understanding would eventually have to leave that type of righteousness, you know, and so the journey continues from there, you know, and they, they, they make a covenant so, they, that, so that they're not to harm one another, you know, and so story continues on and Yaakov we decides it's time to, well Yaakov decides it's time for Yaakov to return to Canaan you know and so Yaakov began to return to Canaan you know and so if you recall when we first started this uh, uh, speaking of Yaakov being like an adolescent or being like a uh, you know a teenager or uh, in, you know late teens rather or young young adult if you would you know leaving home you know going out into the world you know and here it is out in the world and you know, learned these things and you know, acquired these things and you know now it's, it's time it's time to return back to your roots so to speak you know um, they decide you know at some point tired of being out in the world I'm going back to the Father. I'm going back to the Heavenly Father. I'm going back to the Kingdom of Elohim. Going back to Yah. Amen. You know, and so, you know, they begin to make this journey back. And this is this, you know, can be likened to the story of uh, Yaakov and his return to Canaan, his return to the Kingdom of Elohim. You know, because we know Canaan represents the Kingdom of Elohim. You know, and so um, he journeys on, but some things happen, such as, you know, Laban catching up with him that we just, uh, just spoke about, you know, but, there's, you know, it was quite a tumultuous, uh, journey back, much less than, than when he, when he came, in our actuality, when he came, we, we saw he had a dream, and after the dream, next thing you know, he was, he was there, you know, and, you know, without a hiccup, right? Well, the journey home, going back, you know, to the kingdom of Elohim wasn't so wasn't so easy, if you, if you would. You know, in Genesis 32, we read about Yaakov wrestling with the angel of Elohim. And so we know angel simply means messenger. So this is Yaakov wrestling with the messenger of Elohim. Or you could say Yaakov wrestling with the the um the uh messenger of Elohim. You know you can see a picture of and we know Yaakov represents the understanding, so you know you can see that this is a picture of one's understanding wrestling with the messenger of Elohim. Mm -hmm. You know, I pray that you you guys can see that, you know. But, you know, this is a depiction of that, you know. And so, the way that Yaakov becomes Israel is not just simply by wrestling with the messenger of Elohim, but by holding on to him. Yes. And that's an important point that I think that really gets overlooked oftentimes, you know. And this is how and why he received the name Israel. It was because he held on until the morning was coming. 
And the angel was was saying, you know, look, you, you let me go because the day about to break. He's like, what they got to do with me? You know, <laughs> I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that is what we're to do to become Israel as well. Mm-hmm. We're to hold on until we receive our blessing. You know, and that blessing is not going to come until the light is about to shine. You know, and so that's an, that's important to understand because, you know, um, according to what Yah showed me, Israel is a compound word. Yish, Ra, and El. You know, three different Hebrew words. Yish being man, Ra being evil, and El being Elohim. And how you become Israel is by wrestling with evil and with Elohim, but holding on to Elohim until you get that blessing. Amen? Yes. You know, and so we all have to go take this journey. You know, and all of our understanding at some point is going to find itself wrestling with the messenger of Elohim. You know, and so, you know, this is pertinent to each and every one. You know, even as all the word is, you know, but it's just oftentimes we can't see how it, how it coincides, you know. Now, as we continue on through the story, you know, here it is. Yaakov's trying to make his way back. And Yaakov, who represents understanding, he has to get reunited with Esau, who represents the will. You know, now, take note that I said they have to become reunited. You know, before he gets back into the kingdom of Elohim, or before we make it into the kingdom of Elohim, our understanding and our will must be united. You know, we can't be having one understanding of things, but actually wanting to do something else. You follow me? You know, your will is saying, you know, I want a pork chop. But your understanding is saying, that's an abomination. And so you have this internal fight that's going on. That's keeping the one from the other. Well, it's not until they become reunited. Your will has to be in unison with your understanding before you can enter back into the kingdom of Elohim or enter in for the first time, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't come from there, you know. Um, this is assuming like, you know, folks was raised up in, in, in scripture, you know, you know, but, uh, for some, uh, some it's, it's their first journey, but that said, you know, your will and your understanding has to be united, you know, in order for us to move forward, to get into the kingdom of Elohim, you know, so that's, that's an important an important point, you know, and never forget how that how that uh, reunion took place, because that reunion took place by Yaakov, i.e., the understanding, sending forth a bribe or uh, in the form of a gift mm-hmm. to the will. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what is this to teach us? This is to teach us that you cannot just abandon totally your will. You can't circumvent them. They have to be united. You know, so if you have the understanding, then you would give some to your will. And then, you know, the will will be more, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, willing, no pun intended. <laughs> the will would be more willing to actually unite with the understanding. If the understanding, you know, the will is like, yeah, but you know, look, Nick, you know, I want a house, I want a car, you know, I want a wife, I want children, you know, I want this, I want that, I want the other thing, you know, and the understanding is like, yeah, you can't have no pork, you can't have no shrimp, you can't have no crab, you can't have no lobster, you can't, 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 you can't. And the will is like, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. Well, you got to find a happy medium for them to unite. You know, and so the understanding sent a gift so that the will could actually have some of the things it wants. And they were able to unite. You know, and so that's an important tidbit, you know, because it doesn't make any difference if you... If you progress within your understanding, but your will is fighting you all, all along. So you become one of those people who do all the right things, but for the wrong reasons. You follow me? You know, you have a lot of people out here, they, they do the right things, but for the wrong reasons. We want to do the right things for the right reasons. See, when we do the right things for the right reasons, then... We see a picture of our will and our understanding in unison. They're united. You know, and that's what we want. And that's what we need to have before we get back into the land of Canaan, into the kingdom of Elohim. Now, once in the kingdom, you know, everybody should be well familiar with this place. This place actually occurs a lot in scripture. <laughs> you know, um, you know, once back in the, in the kingdom, you know, one of the first places we're going to come to is Shechem. You know, so who can tell me what Shechem means or what it represents? Say again? Heavy or weighty? Heavy or weighty? No, not quite. In the, in the, in the, right, in the right direction. But Yes, a, a load. Where you put the load? Shoulders. Shoulders. Yes, shoulders of the back. Absolutely. So Shechem is a picture of where you go to get your burden. So what this is, you know, um, scripturally speaking, you know, what this represents is you're trying to figure out what it is you're going to do for Yah. You're trying to figure out what's your burden that you're going to carry for him. You know, 
You know how Yahshua say, hey, come follow me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Well, everyone has to have a yoke and a burden. You know, and so Shechem is where you go and pick up that yoke or that and that burden. You follow me? Mm -hmm. You know, now, here it is. It, was, it got kind of crazy when Yaakov got, got back to Shechem, though. You know, yeah. but uh, so this is where he, he goes. So at some point when you're trying to get into the kingdom of Elohim and you're making your way back, you're like, okay, I'm about to give my life to Yah, you know, for good this time, coming out the world, and I'm, I'm, going, I'm, I'm going into the kingdom, you know, and I'm going to serve him. You got to come, come by Shechem. You know, once you, get your, once you get your head right, that is, you get your understanding in unison with your will, you know, you got to go through Shechem. You got to go and pick up, get, get yoked and pick up your burden. You know, and so this is what Shechem represents. And some stuff goes on at Shechem. Mm. Let me see, I think I have something up in here. All right. All right. Um, we read about Shechem in chapter 33 of Genesis. Let me have my uh, first reader read Genesis 33, 18 through 20 and 34, 1 and 2. You know, um, 33 ends at 20 and then we're just going to go into one, verses 1 and 2. And Jacob came to Shalom, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came from Paddan Aram and pitched his tent before the city, Genesis 33, 19, and he bought a parcel of field where he spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, when she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor the Hivite, Prince of the country saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. You know, after Yaakov reunites with Esau, you had to understand the re reunited with the will, you know, and then, you know, they, he goes on and he comes to Shalem. He, he comes to a place of safety, a place that's peaceable, you know, and you can view this as, you know, a state of mind, you know, and. Here it is, you know, he's in a city of Shechem, you know, come to pick up his, uh, you know, his, 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 his load, his burden, you know. Now, it says it's in the land of Canaan. Now, Canaan can mean to humiliate, it can mean to humble, to subdue. It speaks to a lowland, you know, and so, you know, this is, this is the kingdom of Elohim, you know. This is, the land of Canaan represents the kingdom of Elohim, so you always have to keep in mind the kingdom of Elohim is going to keep you humble. Hallelujah. Amen? Yep. You know, and the kingdom of Elohim is not going to be shy about humiliate, humiliating you to do that. Mm. You know, the kingdom of Elohim is, you know, it's all about subduing the parts of you that, that, that rises up against it. Kingdom of Elohim is the lowland. You know, this is where you live humbly. You know, and so we see all these pictures in the land of Canaan, you know, and that's important to understand because for those who are trying to get into the kingdom of Elohim, you have to know that you're not going to be prideful up in there. 
Yah hates pride. Mm. You know, you're not going to be arrogant up in there. No, you're going to be humble. You're going to be subdued. You're going to, and if not, you're going to find yourself humiliated, and then you're going to be humble. <laughs> then you're going to be subdued, you know. But either way, you're going to get there, you know what I'm saying, if you keep, keep at it. Now, it says there he erected an altar, and he called it El Elohe Israel. In other words, he called it, called it, um, he called the altar the God, um, God, the God of Israel. So, you know, this is a picture of worship. Whenever you see him erect an altar, it's a picture of worship. You know, so here it is. He's worshiping the God, the Elohim of Israel, right? You know, and now comes to his daughter, Dinah. Now, Dinah, remember, the daughters represents the good that come out of truth. You know, you can have some bad stuff come out of truth, but you can have some good stuff come out of truth. Dinah represents the good stuff to come out of truth. She's a daughter, you know, and, you know, her name means judgment. And so within her, we can see good judgment, you know, and unfortunately, she gets defiled. You know, and so this is just a picture of, of Jacob, which represents understanding. You know, Jacob or the understandings, um, the, under, the one that has understandings, good judgment becoming defiled by the burden. Mm. You know, um, and then he's defiled by Shechem in Shechem. You know, so by the burden in the place where you pick up the burden. You know, and I can really relate to this because this actually happened to me. Hmm. This actually, that, that, that actually happened to me when I was um, doing this lesson. I couldn't help but think back in retrospect when it, you know, when it occurred with me. You know, uh, you know when, when I first came into, you know, call myself, you know, coming to Yah, you know, and uh, trying to get in the kingdom of Elohim, and you know, and uh, my good judgment got raped, got taken advantage of, mm. you know, and it was because, you know, I just didn't. Uh, I didn't know how, how things went in the new land, mm -hmm. you know, but nevertheless, that's what happened and that's what happened with Dinah, you know, and it says Shechem, the son of Hamor, Hamor represents, uh, well, his name means a he, a he behind, you know, and he was a high vibe, one of the villagers, so it's one of the people that's in the kingdom. You know, and you know, that's of you know, the behind represents like the church, you know, so it's one of the people of the kingdom that's uh, you know, a tear amongst the wheat, if you would. Mm -hmm. You know? And he defiled her. He defiled Yaakov's good judgment. You know. Be on the lookout for that. Because it can happen. You know. Now 
we continue on in the story of Yaakov, we find that Yaakov returns to Bethel in particular. And also take note, like, you know, if I don't I don't know how I don't know how astute you guys are with the uh, with the journey, you know, or how much you recognize the journey, but this is actually his way back is actually the same way that Abraham took. He's hitting the very same cities. Like Abraham came to Shechem first, then he went to Bethel second. You know, he's taking the same route that his grandfather took many years prior to him. You know, do you think that's by happenstance? Absolutely not. It's here so that we can learn and understand the way of Yahuwah. You know, so Yaakov returns to Bethel. Bethel means what? House of Elohim. I'm so glad nobody got that wrong. Uh, and so, yes. So, let's take a look at um, what happens with this. Let me have my next reading. Read Genesis 35, 1 through 7, please. And Elohim said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto Elohim that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments, and let us arise, and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto Elohim, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of Elohim was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Yaakov. So Yaakov came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the name of the place El Bethel, because there Elohim appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Hallelujah. Alright, so here it is. We see that uh Yaakov. He's heading his way on back. And you know, Yah tells him, you know, rise, go to Bethel. This is after the incident that happened over at Shechem. You know what happened next at Shechem. You know, they took advantage of Dinah. And so, you know, uh the sons of the sons of Yaakov decided to take advantage of of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, after which, you know, uh, Yaakov was pretty, you know, pretty uh, perturbed. And he was like, you make me stink up in front of, you know, amongst the people, thinking that, you know, like, they're going to come and destroy all of us. You know, you know, we strangers in this land. What you doing? You know, they, you know, they, these all these folks' family, you know. And so, but Elohim tells them, you know, to arise, go to Bethel and dwell there. And dwell there. And dwell there. And dwell there. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't want nobody to miss that. <laughs> All right, you, you go to the house of Elohim and you do what? Dwell you dwell there. You know, you know, so so many people, you know, they want to just visit, <laughs> but you spoke dwell there. Mm -hmm. You know, so Elohim said unto Yaakov, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar of 
unto Elohim. So what they doing there? What is he doing there? Worshiping, Worshiping Elohim. Right. So you go to the house of Elohim to worship Elohim and dwell there. You know, you know, and so it says, it said, Yaakov gave some instructions to his household that was with him. What did he tell him? In verse 2 it tells us, he says, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Put away the strange gods that are among you. What are we talking about? What's a god? Strong ruler or judge, right? Get rid of them. We have, we have a strong one. We had the strongest, right? Oh, yeah. yep. You know, and be ye clean. Don't be unclean. You know, because our L is a holy L, right? Yes. And change your garments. What are we talking about? Coverings. Your coverings, absolutely. You were not to have any covering but yeah. Yahoo, right? We don't need no other covering. He got us covered, right? Yep. He got our back. And our front. And the sides. He got us fully covered. We don't need no, no others, right? Let's jump down to verse 4. It says, And they gave unto Yaakov all the strange gods that were in their hand. What are we talking about? Mighty works. Yes. All the strange gods that were in their works. You know, so in other words, they were doing the works of other gods. They were doing the works of other rulers and judges. You know, and and you know, you I'm not gonna go there. I mean I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. But they were doing the works of other gods. You know. Now they may have been doing the works of Yahuwah as well, but they were doing the works of other gods too, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so he said you know, they gave all unto Yaakov, all the strange gods that were in their hands, that was in their hand. And it says, and all their earrings, which were in their ears. What are we talking about? Teachings. Understand. Both. You know, um, the ear speaks to obedience. You know, so that's obedience to the teachings understanding of the, um, of the teachings, you know, and the earrings themselves, you know, are, speaks to different doctrines or, you know, idols, if you would, you know, of, which usually were in the form of those gods, right? You know, so, here it is, they're taking out the, they're, they're taking the gods out their hands, or taking their works out from the gods, and they're taking their obedience from them. You know, and 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 from their idols and and what they gonna do with them? They put them under the oak. They put them. They buried them under the oak, right? You know, it's an interesting phrase, under the oak. <laughs> Whenever you see that, that's that's a uh, that's that's symbolic of them putting something away, you know, forever. Mm. You know, the oak. It's like Alan in, in the Hebrew, and it, it speaks to strength. So you, you, you're putting it up under something strong. That way it can't come back up. 
Mm. You know, and and so, you know, this is this is what we're being shown here. You know, you're putting this you're putting this away. You know, people don't realize how many strange gods are in their hand. They don't realize how many earrings they wear. Mm. You know. But that's what need to be put under the oak. That's what need to be buried before you can go forth into Bethel, into the house of Elohim. So don't come into the house of Elohim, you know, with other gods in your hand. You're going to offend El Bethel. You're going to offend the God of the house of Elohim, right? You know, so uh, this is what they did. And it says, and they journeyed until they came to Luz. Anybody remember what Luz means? That light. Say again? Light. Understand. Yes, actually, um, indirectly though, but yes. Um, uh, it specifically speaks to like the almond tree. You know, and then, you know, our almond tree is the menorah, which is light, which gives understanding, you know, and that's why the menorah is made in the shape of almonds and, you know, and almond flowers, so on and so forth. But, yes, so kudos on that, you know, and so he came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, the house of Elohim, you know, and we know that the menorah is actually, our almond tree is actually in the house of Elohim. Amen? You know, yeah, some people would tell you that's just, you know, happenstance that, it's, that it works out like that. Surely it isn't. And guess what he does there? He builds an altar. You know, and so we see him also worshiping at that place and he calls it El Bethel. Hmm. You know, so we see him worshiping the God of the house of God. Mm. You know, and so it says because there Elohim appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Now, why do you think y'all wanted him to go back to Bethel? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> finally catching on. Oh my goodness, it only took 20 years. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. You know, <laughs> to keep his promise. What promise? The one that's found in Genesis 28 20 through 22. It says, And Yaakov vowed a vow, saying, If Elohim will be with me and will keep me in his way that I go and I and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall Yahuwah be my Elohim. Mm -hmm. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be Elohim's house. Mm -hmm. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, he took him back there so he can keep his promise. Because mm -hmm. Yah kept his, so he's like, okay, now I'm going to give you a chance to keep yours. Mm -hmm. And you need to keep that in mind because Yah... When you, when you make a vow to Yah and Yah keeps his end of the bargain, mm -hmm. 
You need to keep your end of the bargain. And if you don't, there's going to be consequences. And you get to choose whether or not you're going to keep your end of the bargain. You just can't choose your consequences. You know, so always keep that in mind. You know, and you have a lot of people, believe it or not, try to play Yah. You know, they make these vows and Yah come through for them. And they, they praising and giving glory. And then they forget all about what they said they was going to do for that. Mm-hmm. And they find themselves in a heap of hurt. You know, so say lie on that one, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, here it is. We done made it uh, to Bethel. You know, and something, something happens. Mm-hmm. You know, uh... Something happens uh, uh, around that time, and it's found in Genesis 35, uh, 8. It says, Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the oak. Hmm. And the name of it was called Alam Bakuth, which um, translates to the oak of weeping. Hmm. All right. In order to understand this, we need to understand what Deborah represents. Say again? Not quite. She is a bee. But she's not a worker bee. <laughs> you know, Deborah does mean bee. Scripturally speaking, bees speak to our enemies. You know, as scriptural support for this, let us consider... Psalms 118, 10 through 12. says, all nations compass me about. Now we know that the nations were Israel's what? Enemies. All nations compass me about, but in the name of Yahuwah will I destroy them. They compass me about. Who compassed them about? All the nations who were the what? Enemies. Yea, they compass me about, but in the name of Yahuwah will I destroy. I will destroy them. They compass me about who? All the nations, which were the enemies. They compass me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of Yahuwah, I will destroy them. And so we have a second witness in Deuteronomy 144. It says, and the Amorites. Let's stop right there for a minute. The Amorites was what to the Israelites? Enemies. And the Amorites which dwelt in that mountain came out against you and chased you as bees do. Again, they likened to bees. And destroyed you and say here, even unto Hormah. I have a third witness. Yes, Yahoo 7, 17, 18. Yahuwah shall bring upon thee and upon thy people and upon thy father's house days that have not come from the day that Ephraim departed from Yahudah, even the king of Assyria. And it shall, be, it shall come to pass in that day that Yahuwah shall hiss for the fly that is in the uttermost rivers of Mitzrayim and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. And we know the Assyrians were enemies. You know, so understand that Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, speaks to the teachings of the enemy that our mothers use to help raise us. Mm. 
I want you to think about this for a minute. See, because Re Rebecca is Yaakov's mother, right? Deborah is her mother's nurse. So she helped to nurse him. And that speaks to the enemy nursing us. I want you to understand something that we all inherently receive things in our upbringing that is of the enemy. And this and these things, you know, um, most, you know, usually take the form of teachings and instructions or some types of doctrines, you know, like, for instance, if, uh, now this is something that was taught in my household, I, I just, you know, I'm thinking I'm average, you know, um, but I was taught if someone hits you, you're to do what? See, a lot of people taught that, right? Well, Yahshua says when someone strike you on the uh, left cheek, do what? Diametrically opposed to what our parents taught us, right? You know, so where do you think our parents got that from? You know, ultimately, the enemy. The doctrine of the enemy. It goes against Yah's, right? Or how many were taught to cook and eat unclean foods? You know, like pork chops. Christmas ham. Sausages. Shrimp. Lobster. Oh, that crab. <laughs> Catfish. Frog legs. And the list goes on and on and on, right? You know, but, <laughs> you know. But we were taught these things as a kid. Mm. You know, but when we grow up, at some point they have to die. At some point they have to die. And so this is why Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, seems to just pop into the story out of nowhere. Yeah. And we're told that she dies. Well, the reason being is because in order for Yaakov to continue on his journey, you know, in order for him to truly worship at Bethel, he's going to have to, the boar is going to have to die. All those things that are a part of us, that we were taught ever since we were a youth up until the time that that we come to Elohim, we have to bury them. We have to kill and bury them. You know, so that, you know, they're no longer a part of us. Because they have, they have no, no part with us. You know, so the reason scripture tells us that Deborah lies at the dies at the particular time it does is for us to understand such teachings must die when you commit to worshiping Yahuwah at the El of Bethel. When you, when you commit to worshiping Yahuwah, the El of Bethel, the Elohim or the house of Elohim, you have to allow Deborah to die. Deborah has to die. You know, all those things that you were taught, that you was raised up on, you know, that wasn't a part of Yah. Yeah, it has to die and be buried. You know, and 
also take note that Yah appears to Yaakov a second time after her death. See, and when he appears to him that second time, you know, he, he reiterates, your name shall not be called Yaakov no more, but Israel. So this is showing us that before you can receive your new nature, you have to kill your old. Can you see that? You know, before you can receive your new nature, your new name, your, your name represents your nature, before you can receive your new nature, you have to, the, the, the previous one has to die. You know, then we go on and we find some more stuff got died too. Mm. Genesis 35, 16 through 20. My next reader, please. And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass, as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Ben-Oni, but his father called him Ben-Yamin. And Rachel died, and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave, that is the pillar of Rachel's grave, unto this day. Hallelujah. That's a whole lot here. Uh, we're not going to be able to get into all of this, you know. Uh, nevertheless, <laughs> you know. Are, are you keeping up with the journey? Mm -hmm. You know, here it is. Jacob, he, he, he makes his way back. Now he goes out and he gets all this truth, you know, that, that begins to sprout up within him, you know, have these, these, tw these 13 kids, all this truth and, and this goodness, you know, and here it is. He makes his way back to the house of Elohim, you know, and he's, he wants to worship at the house of Elohim, but before before he can do so, Deborah has to die. You know, Deborah, rather, Deborah has to die. You know, and you know, and we, we already spoke about that's a picture of the things that you were brought up with, that you know, that helped raise you, that you was raised with, that was against the will of Yah. You know, so those things have to die. You know, and and after they do, and you begin to truly worship at Bethel, then Yah gives you a new nature. You know, he cements it. You know, he cements it. You know, and then you move on and you, now that you have this new nature, you move on, but before that new nature can become fruitful, Something else has to die. And this is what the story of uh, Rachel's death is depicting. It says, he journeyed from Bethel. He journeyed from the house of Elohim. And there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. Ephrath means fruitfulness. So it was a little way before he became fruitful. Now, just a couple passages up um, above this is where Yah is telling Yaakov that he should not be called Yaakov no more. Now you're going to be called Israel. So now... You know, before Israel can come to Ephrath, before he can become fruitful, that is, before he can have a child, 
See, because prior to this, all the children was up on came from Yaakov. They were all born in Haran. Benjamin is the only one that's born in the, in the promised land, in the kingdom of Elohim. But before Israel can become fruitful, Rachel has to die. But Rachel is the love of our life. She mama bear. Well, I guess she wasn't a bear. But, you know, you get, <laughs> get my point. You know, here it is. She travails. She has this hard labor. So what does that tell us? You're not going to give birth to this son of the right hand easily. It's going to be a very hard our birth. That's what that tells us. It's going to be a hard labor. You know, and Rachel <clears throat> dies during the process. And so she calls his name out before she dies. Ben Oni, meaning son of my sorrows. Mm. But his father called him Ben Yamin. You know, so, yes. For one, it's a very sorrowful uh, event. But for the other, you know, it's a good thing. You know, and so Rachel has to die and be buried in the way that Ephraim. Now, Ephrath just so happens, <clears throat> excuse me, to also be Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. Bethlehem means the house of bread. Who are we talking about? Yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, now, just hold on to that for a minute. If we go down a little further in verses 27 through 39, 27 through 29 of Genesis 35. It says, And Yaakov came unto Yisak, his father, unto Mamre, unto the city of Arba, which is Hebron, where Abraham and Yisak sojourned. And the days of Isaac were 104 score years. And Isaac gave up the ghost and died. Mm. And he was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days. And his sons, Esau and Yaakov, buried him. You know, now at this point, at this point, Yaakov becomes the head of the family because he had the birthright. Mm -hmm. Yaakov becomes the head of the family. Now, now this teaches us that before Israel can become fruitful, that is before Benjamin can be born to him, before the son of the right hand, who's the right hand? Yahshua. So before Israel can give birth to a son of Yahshua, before one of us that is wrestling with evil and wrestling with good and prevailing by holding on to Elohim or that which is good before one of the one of us can give birth to a son of the right hand or a son of Yahshua Rachel who is accursed they accursed you that possessed Laban's gods must first die See, this is why she had to die because you know she had took 
they took the gods right. of Laban. And Yaakov pronounced a curse over whoever took them, not knowing that she had took them. Mm. You know, and so this is a picture, you know, of this inner truth that's holding on to some pagan gods. You know, and so, like I said, a lot of times things can look one way on the outside but be totally different on the inside. You know, and Rachel represents that inner. You know, but she was accursed, you know, from, the, from taking those gods. You know, and so she had to die. And so this is just a picture of, you know, all those things that, that took hold of those gods became accursed and had to die, you know? And so, it's just a picture of that, you know? And Isaac's death pictures um, Yah's removal of blindness from Yaakov, you know? So now, the blindness that Isaac had, because he was the head of the family, you know? So if he was blind, it kept the rest of the family blind. You know, now Yaakov is free from that blindness. And he becomes the head of the family. You know, as Israel. And so, that's all I have for the day. Pray it was a blessing. Amen. All right. We'll take any questions. Man, it seemed like I was talking for a long time. <laughs>